0: Welcome to our NBC Sports Edge Top 5 NFL Draft List. Uh, today we are focusing on our top 5 Dynasty rankings for quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. My name is Pat Kram. I'm, I'm here on the set of Chris Sims Unbuttoned with NBC Sports NFL analyst Chris Sims.
1: What's up, man? How are you going? doing? You're playing an away game on my home turf here. It's my stadium.
0: <laughs> I am, and we're comparing our rankings. Yeah, so, that's um, awesome. You All right.
1: Yep, you're right. Don't, don't, don't mess with me here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I think I will be messing with you a little bit. As we'll I'm see. sure you will. Yeah.
0: Um, so let's pull up our quarterback rankings here. We can start there. Each of our top five quarterback rankings here, I have Malik Willis, number one. These are fantasy football-focused rankings. Sure kind of hard in fantasy football not to be really excited about the rushing profile for Malik Willis. It matters a ton in fantasy football, but there's a a lot of differing opinions on Malik Willis. Everyone agrees that he's kind of a boom-bust type of guy, but how high is the ceiling? We've heard Michael Vick comps. We've heard... You that's know, not...
1: Cr- that's... No.
0: We've heard uh, Jalen Hurts maybe a little bit more realistic. Yeah, more than that. Okay. So w- how high is the ceiling? Because we're going to be probably right. chasing the ceiling in fantasy, but is yeah. that... Are we going to get like potentially carried away because the floor... Could be kind of
1: low. Well, like when I hear Michael Vick and things like that, I go, You guys are insane. Like Malik Willis is not faster than Kenny Pickett or Corral. He's not mm. faster than there. Now he's a better runner. He can break tackles. He can make people miss. You know, he's certainly, to your point, there is some value in the running game. Like you'll be able to do some, like, hey, it's third and two. We're not going to throw it. We're going to be like the Bills with Josh Allen and pull a guard and let him get behind there and do that. I think there's tremendous value there. And tremendous value, I think, in his ability to scramble and then set up and make a big throw with his big arm. To me, that's what the great quarterbacks do in football right now. You talk about the best ones in the sport, whether that's Allen, Mahomes, Rodgers a few years ago when he was a little more mobile, you know, Watson when he's rolling, Russell Wilson. Their greatness is they can extend the play and then use their arm to manipulate, their eyes to manipulate coverage and then throw a laser. Willis has tremendous ability, I think, to do that. But it's the quarterback play in the pocket that needs to work. And there's a lot of work to be done there. It's not one of these words where you just go, oh, well, it, it, he'll figure it out once he gets NFL coach. It's, it's, you see very few plays of ever going through the field and reads. You see, you know, some missed reads at times to go along with it. Not to say he can't do it. It wasn't the greatest offense in the world either to help him out. I, there's a lot of things at play here, you know, but that's what's going to scare the evaluators because really still at the end of the day, like we saw in the Super Bowl, you got to be able to be stand in the pocket, and make throws and make the right decisions, that's what the best quarterbacks do. And I think there's some trepidation whether we're like how quickly or when Malik Willis will be able to do that.
0: And he's throwing to the sidelines a lot, not really throwing of the middle of no field. No question. Not throwing intermediate throws. Right. Like how easy it is is it to add that? I mean, that's a pretty big element of the game to it,
1: add. It, it is, but I think the hard part is throwing the ball the way he does outside. He's okay. got the hard part down. And the fact that he can stand on his back foot with pressure on him and throw a 20-yard out route and you'd be like, whoa, that was a laser and he didn't even get his body into it, that's the special thing. You know, yes, the offense didn't lend itself to that way. He's got to get a little bit more comfortable and precise with some of those throws and work in the middle of the field. Uh, so there's a lot of things that were at a, at play there. But that like that doesn't bother me a whole lot. It doesn't the fact that, oh, he didn't throw it over the middle. It'd be more I'd be more going, wait, your first read was to the left outside. Your second read was over the middle and you didn't get there. Uh-huh. Why? Why did we leave the pocket or hold on to the ball for too long or whatever? That's that's what we got to see growth in.
0: In terms of because what I heard there with the rushing was touchdowns. Yeah, is it like could we get to kind of a Cam Newton level? Mm. You know, is that That, in the the, range? To
1: me, that's where he could be very valuable. So yes, for your fantasy angle, he is going to be a weapon when and you know when he does play inside the five six yard line. You know, because yeah, I think there's true. He's a gifted feeler of the run game like i told you i don't think he's incredibly fast yep. that's probably why he didn't run the 40 because it was a number that he didn't like and he went eh, that's going to hurt my lure of how good of an athlete i am um but man his ability to break tackles and make people miss is pretty damn special
0: all right let's get to your number one quarterback yeah. matt corral i have kenny pickett ranked above matt corral and sure. i don't i don't like it any more than you do because i've got to factor in expected draft position here for the fantasy rankings right It looks like there could be a pretty big gap where you could maybe see Kenny Pickett in the top 10 or around there. And Corral isn't a guarantee to go in the first round. So my question to you is, is how high is the ceiling, the gap between their ceilings? Is it worth, you know, potentially for fantasy having to have a a lower floor with Corral, not being able to ride out growing pains, you know, coaching staff not as committed, and potentially not getting the starting job as soon?
1: Yeah. um, First, I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to go in the top 10. I think that'll continue to go downhill. the The ceiling conversation to me is not even close. Like Corral ceiling is way higher, like way higher. Pickett, it's one of the reasons I even reevaluated and made him my three. Is just because it just it, it's, there's a lot of good. There's no wow factor at all. You know, there's none, and that's what would concern me a little bit, and that's why I wouldn't draft him. You know you know, in the first 10, 20 picks of the draft. No, I think he's, he's clearly number three for me. Now, he's ready to go, and he's played in pro offense and been there for six years, so he's polished, and he's hit the ground running. But my rankings are going to be are more predicated on, like, you know, again, it's not about next year. It's about two to three years from now, right. right? And that's really where it is, and that's where I think, you know, Corral, to me, it's the quickest release in the draft. It's the strongest arm in the draft. It's the most accurate thrower in the draft it's you know i think when i look at that i just go man he's elite in some air er- and like three or four different areas and leads the draft in that area now he hasn't brought it all together either and i know what you're saying i'd like to see more of him going through reads you know definitely some of the offense was like that too to begin with uh, but this quarterback thing is very interesting as far as how it's going to play out you know where they land yep. and yeah i could see two going. You know, I could also see, you know, maybe in the scenario you're talking, maybe a Corral's there at the end of the first round. And if I'm Detroit with pick 32 and 34, I'm getting Matt Corral for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I see more upside, and I know I'm higher than most on Corral.
0: I, I hope you're right. I hope he goes somewhere because I, I think the ceiling is a bit higher, but I'm, I'm kind of just worried about his path a little bit. Yeah, I got you. Um, let's move to wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, if you pull up our rankings here. A big snub on each of our lists, Yeah, Chris Olave, not not on both of our right. top five lists. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think I like I've, your list, though. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> um, let's talk Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, because one of the things that I'm curious about, you know, I heard you talking about Jeremy Rucker. You know, if he were to have played at a different school, yeah. instead of having to deal with these guys, right. Jameson Williams is there for a couple years, Jackson Smith and Jigba is there. If he's at a school where he could have been the focal point, we probably would have seen more from him, not just in terms of production, but you know, they're asking him to do more potentially as a receiver. I'm actually curious about Wilson and Olave. Like, what if one of them had been the guy to transfer to Alabama instead of Jamison Williams? I think we may have seen more in terms of production, but would we have also seen maybe more in terms of you know Garrett Wilson getting a chance to do more as a deep threat? We know he has the speed. He was pretty efficient there. Is there any hidden upside with these guys because you know, they didn't have to be asked to do everything in the Ohio State offense with how loaded they are. Well,
1: you get to see everything. So I don't have any questions about what they can and can't do. You know, they're, they're in a class of their own in that conference. You know, they get to play against, you know, we're not really talking about any DBs in the Big Ten, right? We're not really talking about any D linemen other than the ones in Michigan, you know? So you get to see it all. There, there, there's no questions about like, oh, I didn't get to see this or get to see that. I don't think any of them are as cl- good as Jamison Williams. I mean, obviously from my rankings. Jamison Williams to me is a top ten pick especially if he has no ACL. I mean, he can catch a slant and and break tackles and make people miss, and he's the fastest and most explosive one too. But, man, the Ohio State kids are good. I know they didn't make my top five. I said at the time, though, they're first-round picks, in my opinion. They are. Now, what I would pose to you is, you know, they got to benefit in a lot of ways. To me, some of their big plays in that were different than Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams were what I would call against more realistic NFL defenses and talent on the field. Ohio State, some of the looks and things they get are just go like, this looks gonna happen like three times the whole season next year. So that's where I had like my little trepidations there. I actually liked Olave more than Wilson. I know I'm in the minority with that uh, and, and all of this altogether. I love Olave, I thought his play strength was a little bit better, he's a great route runner. He does have enough speed to scare you. Wilson the same way I wasn't in love with Wilson's route running as much but man I think both all of those guys are it's a pretty damn special group and they can put up huge stats especially like if Olave's sitting there Green Bay end of mm-hmm. the first round you know he's made for that you know it, they're they're not necessarily into the Debo Samuel explode they're more like we want precise route right. runners and that to me is where he could thrive and maybe have a ton of catches as a rookie
0: so Probably the biggest pushback I've gotten on all my yeah. rankings is having Sky Moore ranked ahead of Chris Olave. Does that oh. jump out to I, you? No, it does okay. not.
1: Sky Moore, I love. That's why it was. That was the name I looked at and said, I like your list. Sky Moore, I wanted so badly to put him in the top five. He's probably the best pure slot receiver in the draft. And you're not, like, there's, there's a lot of people in the NFL that got Sky Moore right, right. there in that range. So okay. you're not crazy at all there. I had a crazy one, too. I got Alex Pierce at three. I probably, if I had to readjust, I'd probably knock him down just a little bit. I don't very readjust very much, um, but but no, I like Sky Moore. He was definitely one of those guys that was just on the outside looking in.
0: Let me ask you about Pierce yeah. because um, one of the red flags for for him with me is the production. Didn't really have the production, right? Um, but really strong athlete, um, and I think it's not going to be lost on the NFL about how to use this guy. Clear downfield skill set, but is he like a Marcus Valdes scantling type of guy or I mean can he be a little bit more
1: I think he's more than that I do I th- I, I said he was Jordy Nelson that was mm. kind of the okay. the one I used but with more speed you know and don't always get so obsessed with production you know it's not his fault when he's open and the quarterback doesn't throw him the ball or that he's got a mismatch all game and the offense coordinator never calls a play so that's where you know DK Metcalf production was low, AJ Brown production yep. was low, Debo yep. Samuel production was low. Yep. It was not their fault. They were open a lot, and they had idiots around them. That's all I could say. Well, so if, okay, yeah, if Ritter is not Nelson. a first-round pick, okay, that's just so we we'll get there. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. And if if Ritter goes in the first round, I'm going to get down and kiss your feet. All right, <laughs> next time you're here on the show, right, we'll I'm going to bump Ritter behind. Hallin all right, then. that's so, the only thing. Yeah. Um, I would be shocked if that happened, but. Yeah, I might have been a little high on him, got carried away a little. Uh, I definitely had, you know, people push back on that. I get it. You know, there's some things, I think, with his releases off the line of scrimmage that probably need a little work. But he's a good route runner. He's got good size. And he runs 4-4 four, four flat. And there's a lot of proof of him running by top-tier corners, whether it's Alabama. or Like, Alabama game is the game that jumps out to me and probably why I ranked him too high. Because there was a, at least six, seven plays in that game where I just went, oh, my gosh, he's gone down the sidelines. Somebody throw him the ball. Do something. And then he did that a few times. And then Alabama went, wait, we're not – this guy's beating our guys. Let's double him. Let's do things. Mm-hmm. And probably part of the reason why I kind of overrated him to a degree.
0: Let me ask you about Watson because that's yeah. the, the other kind of yeah, uh, right. non-consensus guy in your top five. Mm-hmm. But he has a lot of fans as well. Yeah. Very strong athlete. Was awesome in 2021 concerns me a little bit because he was a fifth-year senior in 2021. Right. He's really athletic, which is great, but the gap in athleticism was so big at an FCS school, that's obviously going to close some. And when you look back to 2019, he's playing with Trey Lance. He wasn't hyper-efficient that year. Yeah, He didn't stand out from teammates like Phoenix Sproles, Jimmy Capuros, not you know high-pedigree NFL guys. So my concern isn't the ceiling. Like, I, I totally see the ceiling, but I do worry a bit about the floor. Could this be kind of a Denzel Mims situation? Yeah, does that concern you at all
1: i i i don't see that i see a different player than denzel mims um i understand the you know your competition concern and all that you know i get it um that's it, a real thing i certainly do try to look into that as i'm watching it i also just go hey eh, i've seen fast people my whole life and he covers ground faster than the rest of those guys so mm-hmm. that's where i can at least maybe my trained eye can come into play there you know there's some rawness with at times like trying to rip the ball out of the air too quickly to run after the catch, and he drops the ball. Definitely would like to see some of those. Like There's, there's some things he's got to work on, no doubt. You know, but I don't put too much stock into the, all the other stuff that you're talking about. You know, I just I I guess I've been around too much. I saw this with Chase Claypool with the Notre Dame when I was covering Notre Dame for NBC. He wasn't playing because he like missed a class and he was in the doghouse for like three years. And then they finally let him play his senior year and nobody could cover him in college football. So I just I don't read too far into the past. These kids are growing. They're maturing. Things are changing, certainly but I, I, to me, this is like a DK Metcalf or a Chase Claypool. Okay. That's kind of what I I kind of saw him as. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. He will go in the first round. It's just about where. Yeah. And that, that'll be interesting.
0: Let me ask you about uh, two guys that we have on both of our lists. Yeah. Traylon Burks, Drake London. Right. In that order. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you hear concerns about both guys. Yeah. Similar concerns, like the Nikhil Harry anxiety. Is, is the contested catch stuff going to translate? We don't have the best athleticism on Burks. You know, disappointed a little bit with the 455. But uh, we also don't have a 40 at all on Drake London. And Scary. Then, yeah. And then you also have design touches, screens, you know, short targets are basically handoffs. No doubt about it. So it's, it's kind of all like, orchestrated. Right. Right. Can, you know, those guys actually play? traditional x wide receiver in the nfl burks played out of the slot london played out of the slot uh, almost exclusively until his junior year you know he did it as a as a senior but again or as a junior but is that uh actually going to translate in terms of his skill yeah, set so good
1: questions i mean that, those are the questions for me i'm with you there a hundred percent you know with the uh, first off i would say this they're, they're both really good players you know you don't have to be married to any one spot anymore in the nfl like yeah. right you know and again it's you, you can get they can these offensive coordinators for the most far most part can get guys the ball you know somehow some way but burks definitely the number one concern would be yeah every almost every catch he had was drawn up in the lab and then going hey we're going to put perks right here to where he can get the ball and all that now he's dangerous with the ball in his hands and it looks like he hits another speed breaks tackles with the ball and says but to your point I do worry about separating route running. He's not going to scare many people with, like, real go routes off the, off the ball, explosion that way. As you get downfield and he gets going, he's a little clunky with those routes altogether. So, I, I mean, those are things that worry me too. There's no doubt about it. And the same thing with Drake London. You know, Drake London, yeah. It's the, the, I would have loved to have seen that 40 the yeah. other day at the yeah. pro day. It that, that is scary. You don't see a lot of separation that way. He's
0: got the vertical, I think.
1: The vertical's insane. It's the best 50-50 jump ball player I've ever seen in college football. And the other thing I'll say, too, is the route running is really special. Okay. So, you know, as like to your question, can you line him up at X and just go beat that guy all day long? I don't think so. I think, mm. like, you're spot on with that. That's not what he's going to be. He's going to be that guy like, okay, it's third and six. We're going to throw a back shoulder. Or they were going to fake the back shoulder and he's going to run the slant, and he'll work that game off of people really well. But I think some of the stuff to your, what you said with the slot is going to be a real thing too, because of his route running. He can be that big slot. He changes directions really well and all that, but might not be the home run hitter that you know we like out of uh-huh. top receivers off the board.
0: Okay, let's yeah. move to uh, running backs. Yeah. So this is a, an interesting class because, like, normally there's debate about who the number one guy is and, and then who the number two guy. Everyone has, in some order, Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker.
1: Definitely. It's definitely those two. Yeah. Yeah, they stand alone.
0: There's really no way to to make an argument against that. For fantasy, what you hear a lot is Kenneth Walker, best pure rusher in the class. Yeah. Which means I'm drafting Brees Hall because he can catch the ball. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. Can Kenneth Walker close that gap? Like, yeah. How big is the skill differential as a receiver? Because that's just so huge for fans. I know.
1: I know. It's a really. This is one where yeah, there's not a lot of evidence, and this is mm-hmm. where like for a, a pro, for a team, you'd go, we need to go walk out, work out Walker, and like see how well he can really catch it. Yeah. You know. I don't know. That's one. When, when I see his limited catches on film. I see a guy that looks pretty natural doing it. I don't look at it and go, oh, man, he looks kind of weird and stupid doing... You know, it it looks okay, but Mm -hmm. it's so limited. It's certainly not of what we see from Brees Hall, where I'd go clear advantage for sure. You know, I, I... prefer Walker I'm a little more of the traditional I want to reel between the tackles runner that way I think Walker is better that way for sure thought he was even better in pass protecting and things like that but yeah the pass game thing I think you're spot on I mean Brees Hall certainly got an advantage there and is going to be more trusted early on because coaches have seen it and go wait we can Ask him to run this route. No, he knows what to do and how to read defenses and all that. So he's certainly got a leg off my Walker there.
0: Does the size concern you at all with Walker? Two eleven, you know, you look at guys like like a Derrick Henry, obviously much bigger. Ronald sure. Jones kind of comes in as like a pure rusher type. He he had to gain weight to really you know get any playing time. Yeah. It's, it's been a struggle uh, for Ronald Jones.
1: No, that's you know two eleven is you know not your favorite number. You want to see there, yeah. but we've we've seen a lot of running backs be that or below that or around that range and still be successful again with running back you know don't look too far down the line that's what Mm -hmm. i tell people so many people look at it like well in five or six years and it's like he'll be off your team then you gotta look at it for the next two to three years and then you go wait do we have to draft another one has this guy been in too many car crashes and you reevaluate from there so don't look at it too much in the long-term big picture thing but uh physical runner very physical runner not real big would traditionally lead to not the longest career ever either.
0: All right. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much, Chris. That was uh, it? That's it. Yeah. How'd you
1: feel? You okay? With I feel the, good. Yeah, playing the, the away, away game, game with here? It. Good? Yeah. We didn't have any crowd to boo you or anything, <laughs> so you were good. You played well through the yeah, crowd I appreciate noise. The, I
0: appreciate the no boos. <laughs> okay. Um, make sure to, to check out NBCSportsEdge.com <laughs> and our NFL Draft Hub for more content. And make sure to check out Chris Sims Unbuttoned Podcast and a good football show wherever you listen.